Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio, where conversations save lives. This is episode 132. My name is Jeff. Let me introduce you to our Hope crew tonight with me. As always, the most unfiltered guy I know, DW, how you doing, man? I'm fine. I'm not sure I'm unfiltered. I guess I am unfiltered. You are always unfiltered. You know how much editing I have to do for this show, Dave? Yeah, I know. Just to make sure that people hear exactly what you're saying? Yeah, I know. You know what? <laughs> what's interesting is, I don't know if people like to plug into politics at all, but what's interesting is when you're kind of unfiltered, like a, a Donald Trump maybe, when you're unfiltered, <laughs> someone comes to you and says, you're a liar, and you go, I know that. Now it's over. The conversation's over. It's like, you know, or you're a bum and you go, I know. And then you go on. It's like, well, what else can I say? I don't know. You, you're done with it. So you're kind of, in some ways, when you're just honest, I mean, I'm not saying those are good qualities as far as, you know, being a liar, bum or whatever. But if you're just unfiltered in a way where you're honest, it, it kind of pushes away some of the other criticism, even, even though you deserve criticism for something else, I'm sure. But, it pushes away some of it, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, it is. And we've got some special guests in studio with us tonight. I'm excited to have Kirk and Sarah Gerbers. They are youth pastors at Destiny Church in De Pere. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Good Thank to be you. here. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. I mean, a young couple. At least yes, maybe very you. young. Yeah? Yeah. In our 30s. So we're <laughs> very young. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we've got that story of we serve a great God who's been doing amazing things in our lives. And, you know, we got to meet in college and uh, got married shortly after and have been on this amazing adventure ever since. And we get to work in full-time ministry. I don't know that, that there is any better job out there. I mean, we get paid to, to be with people and to, to help them through the toughest parts of their lives and to enjoy the best parts of their lives with them as well. And so we are certainly among the most blessed people on earth. That'd be my guess. And you guys are blessing other people. The thing about blessed people is they know how to bless other people. That's what I get from you guys. You guys have been, we've been friends for a couple of years now. And, yeah. and so been able to get to know you guys a little bit. I still want to have dinner with you guys a little bit more, but We'll do that. Excellent, yeah. Yeah. I won't cook. Neither will I. <laughs> uh, my, my wife can cook. Maria, Excellent. Maria right. likes to cook. We'll do that. So, uh, hey, tonight, I'm excited to have this conversation about living a life being unfiltered. You guys have been in the midst of a series at your youth group. That's my understanding. And you've been going about this unfiltered. What does it mean to live a life that's unfiltered? You know, we, we, we have talked about all kinds of things in that. But really, if you understand your identity in Christ, if you understand who you were made to be, there's no reason to hide any part of your life. That you can, you can live out what God made you to be. And you can do that with a, with a smile on your face proud of really of who he made you it's an exciting life when you get to live without the mask without the veil um and and to just allow god to be god in your life not many people live with masks though today do they 
Um, well, I honestly, I think we all do. I, even in doing this series, I found a few uh, masks that I wear. Obviously, most people don't walk around with a with a Batman or a Iron Man mask on. They don't. But we we wear all of these or a Chewbacca mask. Yeah. Chewbacca masks, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe we should wear more masks. Life could <laughs> probably be a lot more fun if we wore a real actual mask. But just the way that you act when you're around certain people that that's a mask. I remember when I was in high school, I would go to church. And I was that kid who uh, was the kid who, you know, everybody looked at me and were like, that kid loves Jesus. And then I go to school and I put on my mask of, no, 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 I'm, I'm just like all you guys too. And so, and then I'd go home and I'd put on a different mask. And, and so it's just the way that we act around certain places that we, you pick that identity in Christ and then you run with that and all of a sudden life just clears up. Yeah. yeah, that's a crazy thought, actually living with a mask, because you never know who's behind it. Yeah. What's interesting, I remember a young man I was working with once, and I think we've told the story before, so I'm old, so I get to repeat things. <laughs> but the, there was a young man who, who just did not like his personality at all. He didn't like it. And so he tried to be somebody else. He tried to emulate somebody else in order to try and reach uh, girls in particular. He wanted a girlfriend. He didn't have one, and he thought, well, my personality is no good. So he, he tried to to pretend he was somebody else. And we had him over to our house and we were playing some games and all of a sudden he's going into this routine and I'm looking at him like, who in the world are you and what are you doing? And at the end of it, I sat him down and said, what did you just do? He said, well, I can't find friends and girls the way I am, so I'm, I'm deciding to be somebody else. <laughs> and I, I said, wait a minute, let, let me help you out here. Yeah. First and foremost, if you ever do find somebody you know, that you're going to marry, that kind of thing, it's really important that they know who you are and, and not who you're trying to be. Mm-hmm. And so we had a big, long discussion about how important it was to drop that mask because not only was he confused, but he was confusing everybody else because he was trying to be somebody that he really couldn't be, and he was really bad at it. And so everybody was kind of embarrassed for him. And I said, this isn't going to work. You've got to relax and enjoy who you are. Take that mask off, whatever, wherever you found it, wherever you bought it, go return it, get your money back, and, <laughs> um, and, and, and let's go forward with this thing. So I, I hear what Kirk is saying on that and, and, and talking about masks that are, are very – it's kind of interesting to watch people think that they have to change. And if I've learned anything in the past few years, young people, uh, junior hires, young high school people, even early college, they can switch quickly who they are. Hmm. It's an amazing thing how that happens, but they can switch quickly depending on the crowd they're with. So, Sarah, what does this mean to live in like a selfie-centered culture? Social media is huge today. I know you're on social media. You kind of went through a point in your life where you figured, am I really doing this for the right reasons? Right. Well, social media is kind of like it's everybody marketing themselves, um, the best of your life goes on social media. And um, so I think being on social media, there's all this pressure because you see everybody's highlight reel and you see all the beautiful pictures, everything like that, and you want to be that. And then you're like, I'm I'm falling short because you see your own flaws, but you're not seeing everybody else's flaws. That's kind of how social media is. And so, you know, I was on, uh, I'm a photographer, and so I have always enjoyed Instagram. I like pictures. So I was on Instagram and I was following all these other professionals in the area, uh, other photographers and all this beautiful work. And I started feeling like I wasn't as good as them or I wasn't living as good of a life as them. 
I don't know. I know this happens to other people too. I've, I've heard their stories, but I kind of had to step away from Instagram for six months. I actually closed my account, which is really hard to do, by the way. So I closed my account. I walked away for six months and just kind of, uh, refocused myself. Like why, why am I doing this? And I just reminded myself that, that people are putting out their best. And uh, I shouldn't feel the pressure to be perfect just by being on social media. And so I'm back now. I just I just reopened an Instagram account. I'm approaching it differently, trying to be just more real, basically. Mm. Yeah, it is interesting how social media today has taken over a lot of different areas of our life. And I have to remind myself constantly, too, that people lived without Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, hundreds of years ago. So it wouldn't be the first person in history to not have a Facebook account. I know, Kirk, you don't have a Facebook account, but we don't hold it against you. It's, you're still the, one of the coolest guys that I know. So as we go on our show tonight, I want to talk about living a life that's unfiltered. It's really easy today to put on that Chewbacca mask and be somebody that you aren't because you think that people will like you more for what you put out there. And and this is the temptation. This is something that we all have to overcome. At some point in our life is just this whole pressure of being and living who you aren't and being filtered. And so we're going to talk about that tonight on the show. Join us on the tweet back tonight. Be a part of this conversation on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV. And this conversation is just getting started on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Chat with a live coach anytime tonight, especially if this is one of those conversations that you just need to unpack with somebody right now, real time. Our live coaches are available at HopeNet360.com. Jeff, DW, sitting down with you tonight here on HopeNet Radio. We've got Kirk and Sarah Gerbers, and their bio is under our show notes on our website, HopeNet360.com tonight. Guys, You've been in this series in your youth ministry, and I thought it was a fantastic one. We wanted to put a show around it called Living a Life That's Unfiltered. So being unfiltered. Talk about social media today and how people are, you wouldn't think like this, but people are actually hiding on social media. Help me understand this. Yeah, it's our public uh, thing where we show the world who we are, but really we can hide behind it. And and we're as human beings, we're really good at hiding. It's this, it's this thing that we love to do. Kids do it as a game. It's hide and seek. I'm going to hide. You got to find me. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure if we all thought about it, we all have some great story from our childhood of hide and seek games that, that were just so much fun, hilarious, whatever. Um, but, but as we grow, we still like to hide. It's that first thing that we do. Um, Adam and Eve, as soon as they sinned, what they do? They hid from God. Mm. You know, what sin does is it, sep- it separates and it, it causes us to, to want to hide and to, to get away. And, and, but God shows up and God's all about unity. He's about bringing us together. Um, first off, he wants a relationship with us, but then also his goal is to, to get us together. And so, uh, social media in its, in its, purest form its design uh would bring people together but we have found ways to hide even in our public profiles Hmm. um if you look at the selfie okay um 
I forget what the statistic is, but how many selfies are taken before one is actually posted? Oh, it's got to be like a hundred. There's at least a hundred. Yeah. You bet. You, you you snap a million pictures, and then you of course look at it and be like, oh, I don't like the shadow on that one. That one makes my nose look big. That one, you know, shows that zit on my face. Yeah. Whatever. And so you change the angle. That one gives me the third chin and all of those different things and so <laughs> so we change it and we flip it around and on top of that we add all the filters the number of pictures that are actually posted with photoshop edits on them you know some of my favorite ones are the guys at the gym and they have clearly you know there's the, the picture of them holding the weights up above their head the, it's so clearly that they photoshopped it because the bar in their hand has you know, 200 pounds on it, but then you look in the mirror at that same bar <laughs> and there's Whoops. 15 pounds on it. And like, buddy, if you're going to edit that picture, edit, edit the mirror too. <laughs> right. Um, but we can change that. We can, we can put the best out there and it's not the real us. It's, it's pretend it's, it's a filtered, it's a filtered picture. And we put that out there and, and, and we say, Hey, look, look world, this is me when in actuality it's not. So we're living a filtered life in our most public part of our life hmm. it seems to me like satan is like the king of pretend what we end up doing is we think we're in relationships so we think that's good but when we're really not in relationships when we're on social media kind of thing i mean we're not really in a relationship with somebody on social media you, you might be able to keep up with what they're doing in certain cases but you're not really in a relationship with them unless relationships have been redefined through history like just communication or um, falsely showing who you are as a relationship, which isn't true. Satan loves it when we, we portray ourselves as something we're not, and then we start believing it, mm -hmm. which is even more incredible. Yeah. You know, I heard a story about a, a husband and wife who um, their relationship was not at all what it was supposed to be. Um, and so every time that they did something together, the wife admitted to uh, she would take dozens and dozens of pictures from many different angles um, and then – over the next course of a course of a couple of weeks, she would begin posting those pictures. So it came from one night, um, but she would post them over a period of weeks, and so that that people thought her relationship with her husband was better than it was. Hmm. She wanted people to think we go out all the time, but really it was one event that she posted over and over and over mm. from different different shots, different places, and so it looked like their relationship was great when in reality they were hurting and, and needed help. Man, image is so much a part of our lives today. I mean, how people see you and even, I mean, Sarah, you can probably talk to this as well. Like how you, how you develop a brand, a personal brand. Being a photographer, you basically market yourself, mm -hmm. you know, and so I've, I've gotten a look at this, uh, how to do it on social media too. Um, you're, mar you're marketing yourself, so you put the best out there. As a photographer, you only put your best pictures out there. You only put out there what you want people to see. The thing, the pictures that you take that turn out horrible, nobody ever, ever will see those. You never post them. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, even for our teenagers in our youth ministry, um, our teenagers everywhere, the more followers, the more friends you have, the more likes you get, it, it's kind of addicting mm -hmm. and they kind of look at it as you know the more the more friends i have who cares if i don't know them in real life but the more friends i have on facebook on instagram um that's that that is my popularity that is my worth and and so we see that too yeah chasing the likes this culture i get trapped into that sometimes too where it's like okay 
I'll post something. And most of my posts now revolve around dad life. And so a lot of people reminisce of their time when they had young kids and going through the times in their life where they're like, I remember doing stuff like that. So that to me, I like to encourage people, but there is that trap. There's that fine line of, you know, posting it for your community of friends and posting it for your own self rewarding, self gratifying, getting the likes, getting the the comments, getting the fuel to that fire that you're just, you're craving. And then you ask people to like it. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you don't get enough likes on a picture, what was wrong with that picture? Why didn't people like it? Yeah. Yeah, so you just go tell them how to like it. So then you get a lot of me, and then you're satisfied. Oh, this is great. Everybody likes it. Yeah. You told them to like it. <laughs> yeah, there was actually a study done on the attraction of likes. And they found that when somebody gets a like, it actually releases dopamine oh, in, yeah. in their minds. It's and addicting. They can become a- addicted to getting likes. You know why it's called dopey mean? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> doping. Yeah, yeah. It's just dopey. We're doping our minds. It really came from dopey me, and, and, and it just got put together. Dopey me. <laughs> you, you can look at the et- etymology of that word. It's kind of cool. Etymology? That's. I'm kidding. Etymology. Heard. That was done by Ed. Oh, got it. Yeah. <laughs> etymology was the guy who invented the way to look at words. Huh. Ed. Homology. I learn I'm something kidding. new every every time yeah. I'm with you, Dave. I- hey, hey, you know what I, I what I do find is honesty. It, it gives you freedom. You know, at 60 years old, it's like my picture isn't all that great, so I, I don't have to try and doctor it up at all. I can just throw it on there and go, "That's really me," and nobody cares. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, yeah, that's really him. Yeah. But even more than that, it, running a ministry for all these years, one of the things I've realized is that we have to have like a complete open book, a complete come and look at anything we're doing. When we have inspectors come to our ground, we're a certified ministry camp and conference center kind of thing. When they come, I embrace them and say, hey, I'm glad you're here. I hope you find everything we're doing wrong. <laughs> you know what? The, the inspectors love us. I, you know, we're walking by somewhere and I, I say, hey, you haven't looked in that closet. After a while, they say, quit it. We don't even want to see anything else. But why? I want to show you everything. We have nothing to hide. I want to know what we're not seeing. I want to know what we can do to get better. Do, do you know what a relief that is rather than walking around thinking, I hope he doesn't look over here. I hope they don't look there. I, I, you know, I, I don't want them to see something here. I hope our finances, they don't look in this column. You know, I mean, instead, there's this tremendous freedom because you're just being honest. And, and we all know that we fail. We all know that we make mistakes. That's not a news flash to anybody. So really, a tremendous freedom comes from being honest. And I would encourage our listeners, man, you, you got to live your life in a way that's honest and, and not just portray something because it's too tiring to portray things. Yeah. And honestly, it might be good to take a break from social media. And I think today it's you have to find a way to remind yourself that people actually lived in a day without social media. So it's okay to live that way. And maybe tonight you're trying to find a way to, to let go of some of those things in your life. Maybe you've been addicted to the notifications, the likes, the the gratification that comes from that kind of acceptance for whatever that's worth to you. Go and chat with one of our live coaches right now at hopenet360.com. Have a conversation and just talk to him. And, and maybe it's time to admit that, yes, I do get addicted. I do get such a, a kick out of the likes, and I've been chasing this for far too long, and I'm miserable. Chat with the live coach right now at hopenet360.com. This conversation will continue on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. 
Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. It's episode 132. We're talking about living a life that is unfiltered. Jeff, DW, we've got Kirk and Sarah Gerbers in studio with us tonight. Guys, we've been talking in the break, having a fun conversation about the Chewbacca lady. Have you guys seen this video? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Probably who hasn't seen this video, but it's a lot of fun. We were talking about masks, and one of the fun things about this video is it's this lady who puts on this mask and just... I mean, if you haven't seen it, I don't know where you've been living. We'll stick it in our show notes, too. But it's this lady who just basically it's just a video of her laughing with this Chewbacca video. Dave, you probably did you go get a Chewbacca mask? No, um, I I modeled for it. Oh, (laughs) yeah. No, that's my real face. (laughs) Thank you much, though, I think. So Star Wars (laughs) stole the idea. I hope you're making royalties on that. Yeah, well, I hope so. Yeah, I'll have to ask my booking agent. But, you know, if if there's any person, and I actually went, I didn't friend Candace on Facebook, but I went and followed her because I like watching now what what's happening in her life. I mean, everything has changed. Everybody's inviting her to Good Morning America and all these different talk shows. But the fact that she put on a mask got her the acceptance and approval of millions of people. Isn't that crazy? It was, yeah. But I think what made that mask or that whole story is it was the real her. Even in behind that mask, her laughter is what attracts everybody, and her the joy that she got from that that moment uh, that she shared with the world. That's what everybody loves about it. Um, and it, and like you said off off air, it's infectious. You yeah. you you watch that, and you can't help but have a smile on your face because of it. Yeah, I think I saw it when there were two million views on it. Now there's like there's got to be over a hundred million views or close to that, and it's it's crazy. I mean, it's less than a five minute video. And here you've got, you know, millions of people watching this just laughing with a mask. I mean, and that's, that's today. That's kind of why we live a life that's filtered because we hope that people will like us for that filter we put on. And, and that's, unfortunately, that's how we live. And that's, it's affecting the way that our youth are growing up. It's affecting how, you know, even young adults today, even parents. I mean, I get wrapped up in this too, where it's like, okay, I put on this mask, quote unquote, I filter my photo in this way, or I filter my life in such a way where I hope it will gain the approval of some people. And we're living a life now, we're seeing that. And, and what is that doing for our young people today? Well, that, that idea of, of I need to hide and I, need, I can't let the world see who I really am because they're not going to like me. Uh, that just reminds me of John 10.10. 10. Uh, Jesus is talking. He says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. Okay, that's Satan's job. That's what he loves to do. And the first thing that he's going to come after us is, is our identity. Mm-hmm. He's going to come and he's going to whisper to us and say, hey, uh, you, you're not good enough to put the real you out there. And then and then Jesus backs that statement up and he says, "But I have come." Hmm. And just think of the, the 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 joy in that statement. Jesus has come. Hmm. Why? So that we could have life and have it to the full. Some versions say have an abundant life. Uh but but that that whole idea of of I'm not good enough is just saturated our culture. And I can't let somebody see the real me because it's not like somebody else and like sarah was saying earlier uh what we're doing is we're comparing um our life to these people i think it's stephen furtick says uh we compare our everyday life to everybody else's highlight reel Mm. and so we look at the best of our friends on facebook we look at the best of our, our the best quotes posted on twitter and we think oh, i could never be that but you know think of all the things that those people do that 
isn't posted yeah. <laughs> or not post-worthy and uh, how many pictures they didn't post. And, um, you know, it just, it just changes your perspective when you look at it like that. You know, some of the elder listeners that listen to the show, they're probably like, what in the world are you guys even talking about? How do, you guys get consumed by the fact that people like your photos. You get so wrapped up in, in this culture. And, and for me, I look back in my young life and, and I remember growing up without Facebook. I grew up in a day without Facebook did come out really until I didn't join until 2006, 2007, and it's over 10 years old now, which is crazy. But I remember, though, living in such a way as a kid, wanting to gain the approval of, of other people, where I would think that, you know, I, I would want to be who I am, but then I found out that I was quirky and like people didn't know how to, whatever. I mean, you, you have these weird dynamics that go on in personal relationships. So you kind of bend your personality, you bend your interests to the interests of other people to gain their approval. And so you don't even have to be on social media to do, to do this. You can get consumed by people's approval offline, as it were. Absolutely. Beyond social media, we all still use filters. The clothes you wear, that's a filter because you're trying to appeal to certain people uh the the makeup that you put on your face uh that not well, going there you know, not going there that, but you know that that's a filter <laughs> that's a filter uh and so filters are are much older than than technology is you know it's interesting the, the verse that you, you quoted it seems as though people are trying to make a life um without god and that's impossible and so the the, the natural conclusion is to try and work at it yourself to create who you are when you're already created and you have to, to live within that. I find it interesting that Jesus says that he came to give us life and life more abundantly. He didn't say, I came to give you uh, heaven after you die. He said, I came to give you life. And we miss that part. We miss the idea that actually a relationship, when we're connected to God, when we're connected to, to him the way we're supposed to be, when the, we're not separated from him, we can actually live the way we were intended to live and we can enjoy life and we realize the body principle, everybody's different and that kind of thing. And instead of trying to doctor who we are, we enjoy who we are. You guys ever look at the browser Google Scholar? Once in a great while. It's interesting because one of my doctors, that's all he'll go to. And <laughs> because the internet is so full of baloney that they had to create an internet site that was at least peer reviewed where you could say there's not as much baloney on here. You know what I mean? Isn't that like Wikipedia? Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's not. <laughs> Google Scholar is, if you've done research on relevancy, I mean, Google Scholar at least has other people reviewing it, uh, so that you make sure that the information on there at least is peer reviewed. Hmm. So I, it, it's very interesting. If you're doing some research, it's best to go to Google Scholar and check it out to see if it's actually research or if somebody just threw something on the internet that they wanted to get your attention. And that's, that's part of the, the problem. I mean, there's, there has to be a whole nother browser that you have to go to to make sure that the internet that you're going to is legit. Hmm. So, so you don't even know that, that something on the internet, if it's legit or not. I mean, I, I put something on the screen for my students, one that, that quoted Abraham Lincoln talking about the dangers of the internet, and they took notes. You know, it's like people, Abraham Lincoln didn't have the internet. Just remember that. What happens eventually is you can't believe the stuff that's on the internet half the time, and then we go to it as if, we have to play that game. So that could be pretty dangerous, actually. I was going to say this is a little off topic now, but I'm so thankful I didn't have social media when I was growing up. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kirk was telling our teenagers this uh, story about how when I was 12 years old, I loved Tweety Bird. 
And so I found these amazing pink high-top Tweety Bird shoes, and I wore them to school, and everybody made fun of me, so I didn't wear them ever again. Mm. But I probably would have posted that, you know, if I was 12 on social media. I'd be like, guys, check out my Tweety Bird shoes. Yeah. <laughs> so I did a lot of embarrassing things that probably would have ended up on social media. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, and and there that's that's kind of the trouble that is going on today is that social media – because we're awkward, we get to an age where things start changing. Our teen years are just awkward years. And a lot changes, a lot. I mean, our interests change, that we change who we are. I mean, not just the clothes we wear, but who we are is formed in our teen years. That this is a processing time of our life that social media, unfortunately, captures a lot of those awkward moments. And then they're out there. Like you said, they could go in, they could, they could turn up in, in China of all places. I mean, once they're out there, they're out there. And that's the trouble that we're seeing a lot of times with social media today. When we come back in the second half of the show, guys, I want to talk about the average number of friends, quote unquote, that people have today. Because it's fascinating, while you may have hundreds of friends on Facebook, you don't have nearly that many in real life today, which is something that's interesting that's happening in a social context today. Join us on the tweet back tonight. We're going to take a break on the show. You can use the hashtag HNRTB if you're hanging out with us on Twitter. And this conversation will continue in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. If you miss any part of this conversation tonight, you can subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast. Visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast. And you can download every single past episode on your favorite podcasting app. Again, that link HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Also tonight, our show notes are on our website at HopeNet360.com. You'll find links. You'll find some of the stuff that we talked about on the show and some details on our guests, Kirk and Sarah Gerber tonight. Jeff, DW with you tonight here on the show. Guys, we've been talking about this selfie-centered culture, living a life that unfortunately we're filtering a lot of things out and we're leaving out the unmentionable stuff and only posting what we want people to see and to know about us. And a fascinating thing that you guys were talking about in preparation for this show tonight is how many of us have probably hundreds of friends, at least a hundred friends on Facebook. What's the average? Average American has 328 Facebook friends. Okay. So that's, that's pretty decent for me. I think I just crossed in 1900 and that's not necessarily friends, but the definition of friends, we can maybe talk about that because yeah. that's even changing from 20 years ago. It has definitely evolved uh, immensely. Um, it used to be that a friend was was that person that you could count on, that person that you would spend all of your time with, that person that, that knew everything about you. They knew, they knew your secrets. They knew the unfiltered you. But now, you know, how could you ever live that way with 328 people? Yeah. I mean, I, I think about it. I, I was a teenager in the 90s. Uh, so I was part of the last generation to have their teenage years without social media. And statistics show that, that in the 90s, people would admit that they had six close friends, six close friends okay. in the 90s. But now, with the invent of the social media and, and the drive behind that, we are more connected than ever. 
So yeah. that number should go up. Right. Um, but statistics today will show that the average American says they only have two close friends. So now that we're more connected, the number has actually gone down. And 25% of Americans will say that they have no close friends at all. Wow. No, like none at all? None at all. No one that actually knows them. No one that knows the unfiltered them. Um, the person that they can trust with anything and everything. Can you imagine going through life and, and, and saying, uh, there's, there's no one. No one that I can be this open and this honest with the real me, my real identity. Yeah, that would be like basically, you know, who would be the first person you would call in a crisis kind of a thing. And that's that's probably how you would gauge who your friends are, right? I mean, cuz crisis brings out those moments where you figure out kind of who really is your friends, who's got your back. If someone is out there and they're like, I don't know that I have anybody. I don't I don't know who I would call. That's a scary thought, you know? Absolutely. That number is surprisingly high. And and you know, you talk about when crisis really does come and you reach out to people that you thought were your close friends and maybe they respond back with a text or they don't respond back at all. Or an emoji. Yeah, or an yeah. emoji. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and, and people are actually being crushed by that. You know, I thought you were more than you are and this is how you're going to respond back to me. It's all, it's all changed. It's all evolved and, and has become what it is today it's not my facebook friends or my twitter friends that are going to help me when times get rough and yet the, the investment i have in that is going to be disappointing to me down the road because you know if you do invest in something you'd like a return on it and and putting time and effort and energy into trying to impress people or trying to get people to be your friends or trying to get people to like things um it's it's amazing how that's not going to have a return and and then down the road you will be tremendously disappointed and you will look some other places for your significance in life. Uh, we need to be very careful to understand where significance comes from. And it, and it doesn't come from uh, being on Facebook and having a bunch of friends. Yeah, and uh, we talked in the series to our teenagers about the importance of being face-to-face uh, -face instead of thumb-to-thumb on your phone, uh, we, we talk to them about how it's so important to meet up with people and to do things with people and not just sit on your phones all the time because, honestly, that's what happens a lot. And That's where you make the true relationships is face-to-face, -face, doing things with people. Have we set ourselves up for this? Because I've thought about this for a while. In relationships, you know, two people meet. They want to go on a date. A guy and a girl go on a date. They go to a movie, and, and they sit there, but they don't even talk the whole time. They watch a pretend life or whatever's going on in the movie, and then they go home, and they don't ever talk. They don't ever connect, really. It, it, or, or, or families that sit around and watch television for four hours in a night, and they don't say a word to each other, yeah. except for get me some popcorn or something. You know, I, I have no idea. But in the, in the whole process, it seems like we've been setting ourselves up for like a feeling of connection when we're really disconnected. And, and, and the stuff that we do within the, in the, in the scope of relationships, um, doesn't really connect us because it's something we're doing, but we're not really connecting while we're doing it. Uh, my wife and I realized years ago that we have to, every day I'm home, we set a time where we go for a three mile walk or, or an hour walk, whatever we want to do. And those are val that's the most valuable time of the day between us. Because what we do is we, we don't have any media with us. We don't have phone, we, I mean, phones are in our pockets, but they're not really on, and they're only there in case I fall over from a heart attack or something. But the, 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 the real issue is we get to walk and talk and, and, and not have any distractions from around the house. 
And I tell you, it's become a very valuable time for our relationship, and and we would fight to keep that in the relationship rather than always having something in front of us that distracts us. Absolutely, and and one of the reasons why that works so well is because you guys are vulnerable. You know, you're willing to be honest with each other. You can be face-to-face with somebody and actually uh, spend time face-to-face with them, but if you're wearing the mask, if you're living the filtered life, you're still not ever going to have that deep connection with that person. And if you're going to want, if you want a real, true, close friendship, you're going to have to be vulnerable. You're going to have to put yourself out there and be willing to, and, and understand that, hey, this might not work out. This friendship might not work out, but I'm still going to be honest with you. And that might lead to a little bit of pain in my life. But I think the possibility of us being real, true friends is worth it. I mean, just to be honest with somebody and, and to, to be vulnerable while face to face. And like Sarah said, not just thumb to thumb, but actually be present. There's just something so powerful about presence, actually being with people. Hmm. You know, the part of life as well that it's not just about living a life that's unfiltered, but unfortunately what ends up happening is we live a life that's unbalanced. I think social media can be a positive thing. I'm, I wouldn't be on social media if there wasn't a positive that could be brought out of it. But you can get unbalanced and you can start to begin to focus on the things that you see that are trending today versus what's actually going on in real life. I find this, and we just saw a story recently. Facebook was kind of under fire about this. The, you know, you've seen the trending list on Facebook about what topics or what things are trending. And someone came out and said that they were basically telling you what they wanted to trend. So they were promoting certain stories. I think it was like along the lines of the election and, and all that. But they were promoting certain stories from sources or content that they wanted you to see versus what people were actually talking about on social media. And so social media today, the top, the, the idea of what's trending today, that's also kind of shaping our culture. We're focused, aren't we, a little bit on what's trending, quote unquote, today, Sarah? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you sit down on the couch with your phone and before you know it, like an hour has passed because you see all these things and you keep clicking, you know, and so all the popular things like that Chewbacca thing, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're all sitting there watching it. And then one one video leads to another and then an hour has passed at least. And so I agree with you that we can become unbalanced with our time management too. I know that I've fallen victim to this as well, where you sit down just to quickly browse your social media and before you know it, so much time has passed. And then you're like, ah, shoot, I could have done so much more with my time. Let's talk about that when we come back, Sarah, because there's so much in that that we need to unpack about how to live, you know, not just an unfiltered life. We have to look at what we're feeding ourselves, how that's affecting us internally. So we're going to talk about that when we come back on the show. Check out the show notes tonight at HopeNet360.com. This conversation will continue on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, Hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff, Dita with you tonight, having a conversation about living a life unfiltered with Kirk and Sarah Gerbers. Join us on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Guys, it's been a fun conversation, and they're talking about some of the stuff in the break, so we're just having a lot of fun. There's a video we just found of social media in real life. You're going to have to go watch it. This gal was in New York and basically lived out uh, social media interaction in real life. You know, 
when we look at it, when we think about Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, I mean, could you imagine carrying around in real life, carrying around a photo album at your hip, not your phone, but like a real, I don't know, maybe people haven't seen this, but there used to be a day where you actually had photo albums where it was just pictures. I know now it's like scrapbooks and still have them. Yeah. But photo albums, just pictures. And they're, they're probably not as good at pictures that you take, Sarah, but just pictures of life through the years, and they're carrying this around. You wouldn't do that, would you? It would be a very awkward life that way, yes. It, it yeah. really would be. I mean, to sit down, hey, look at my photos. Here it is. You know, you came to view my profile. I saw you looking at me. My mom actually does this in real life. <laughs> well, an exception, an exception. To be real, I mean, that would get heavy after a while, you know, carrying that around, especially the more pictures you take. So it's amazing how much photos can weigh. But now with the internet, you can just be who you are, Put whatever filter you want in it so you can kind of blur out some of the imperfections. We've been talking about that on the show. Talk to us, guys, about how how the world is is changing, how society is kind of changing based on some of these trending topics. Now, there are a couple different frames we could go with. Trending as far as like what you see on a national scale. But there are other things that trend even on a local scale. So in Wisconsin, like the Packers are consistently a trending topic, and that's always a big discussion point. Sometimes the weather when it snows. Um, But there are other things like when Jason has a baby, which I want to give a shout-out to Jason. Last week he had a a little baby boy named Jackson, and so we want to just say congratulations to them. But there are certain things in life, real life and also in digital life, that trend and they go and and they're like the Chewbacca video where it's like never thought that was going to go somewhere. There's, you know, someone else posts a photo and all of a sudden they get like 150 likes. They're like, what in the world? You know, that's all of a sudden people are watching it. People are seeing it and they're like, okay, I didn't expect that. You know, how does life change when we start to revolve around these quote unquote trending sorts of topics? Sarah, don't you ever want to have a photo that's trending? Well, absolutely. I think that's just kind of human nature. You want to be recognized and, uh, you know, you want a, your little moment of fame and whatnot. Mine just happened to happen on a billboard in a different country when my photo was stolen. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, yeah, I mean, um, that that just takes our focus off of other things going on in life to what's trending online. I think it was last night we were talking about uh, keeping your, your focus on Christ and how hard it is when your focus is on all these other things that are trending all around you and um, social media is is an outlet. Like you said, it's amazing. There's a lot of benefits to it, but I think it can distract us uh, because our focus does change depending on the trends. Hmm. I, I think that it's interesting how um, how Satan actually works. I mean, so many times in our lives, he takes things that are acceptable to us and they have no reason not to be acceptable to us and starts using them to in an unacceptable way. I mean, you know, Whatever it might be. I mean, my generation, I look at Facebook and, and, and other areas and I just look at it and go, you know what? I find it kind of odd because I would never sit there with a stack of pictures and say, look at me here, look at me here, look at me here. I, I, I would never do that. And I would feel really odd doing it. Right. And yet that's what it seems like me is, to me is going on. But, but what's interesting is, you know, I mean, you can share what's going on in your life very quickly with other people. I like, uh, communicate with my daughters and in other parts of the state and that kind of thing. I, I mean, I like doing that. That that's a positive, but it, but in the same realm, it's something like since it's not ohir- inherently evil and it's not something that's that's wrong, it's like Satan gets in there and and takes it and moves it to another degree. It's kind of like food or something else. Food isn't wrong. You should eat food, but some people are slaves to it and and. 
can't get away from it. And and so you have you have different issues with things that aren't really wrong. And and I think that's what you have to have some mentoring with and some some people around you that can talk to you about what's the purpose of this in your life and how you're going to use it. Well, there's this this desire we have to be up to date. Hmm. You know, there's there's the acronym FOMO, F O M O, which stands for fear of missing out. And so people have that where where I have to know what that what's trending. I have to know what that great big thing is because what if I show up at school tomorrow and I don't know what everybody's talking about? Mm. What if I show up at work and I don't know what everybody's talking about? And so we have this this fear of missing out. I have to know what's trending. But but I look at it from the other way. What am I missing out on when I have my nose buried in my phone? Mm. What am I missing out? Who am I missing out on? I mean, think about a conversation that you've had with somebody. You're talking with them and all of a sudden there's a ring, ding, bing, vibration, whatever in your pocket, and you stop a conversation so you can look down. You stop talking with somebody who's actually there to talk with somebody hmm. who's who's maybe miles forever away, yeah. and, and we miss out on that because we have this fear we have to, to miss. We, we, we don't want to miss out on anything. You know, I told the story, I have always, always been fascinated by the night sky. On a clear night, the stars are just so amazing, and I, I can't help but look up at them and just be in awe of a God who spoke those into existence. And so uh, the other night, I, after we had done this whole series, after we, we uh, talked about all of these different things with our youth group, I finished up a meeting at our church, and I walked outside, and it was just this amazing night. And I looked up at this night sky and these amazing stars, and, and it just, I just had this moment of, of worship to our God because he's so, so amazing. And all of a sudden I, I got a text. And so I, I pulled out my phone and I'm checking it and I was like, what did I just do? I just did the very thing that I've been talking about <laughs> of how I let this thing rob the real moment mm. for, for something else. Man, I've done that so many times. And especially now when I'm reading the Bible, most of my Bible reading is done on my phone or my tablet having the app and then all of a sudden you get like this text so i sometimes forget to you know turn off the mm -hmm. notifications so i don't get those things in the midst of it but we have a lot of interruptions and i think that's something as we draw closer to the end of the show tonight talking about is it scary to you guys to think about living off the grid kirk how many facebook friends do you have by I the have, way i have zero friends on facebook because i don't have a facebook and so <laughs> i have zero yeah and yeah. and believe it or not i'm still alive and actually, I enjoy my life. And so, yeah. How do you know how many friends you have? I don't even know how many. <laughs> Does it tell you? Does it tell you on there? But see, he doesn't even have one. So, it, yeah, it's. I mean, it's zero. Yeah. Oh. He doesn't have negative friends unless we abandon him for not having Facebook. But Can you have negative friends on Facebook? People are going to just, you don't have any friends and everybody blocks you. Yeah, Zuckerberg said no. Nope. So, so everyone who blocks you is a negative friend. That would be my kind of Facebook. I'd probably have all these negative friends. Some of us have negative friends on Facebook, and we'll just leave it at that. But yeah, here's the reality. The scary thought that I think some of us have that are, as as we're finding today in society, the Internet and smartphones, technology, this in and of itself has become more addictive in some ways than some of the hardest drugs out there. Like This has become, in some ways, our drug of choice, being plugged in, the stream of information that's just at our fingertips. It's like we don't have to really look very far to find this information. You know, before it was like we get it from our newspapers, we get it from television when television came out. But now it's like information is right there 
staring us in the face every single turn. You see it on billboards. You see it on digital signs. You see it when you go to your local restaurants. I mean, it's like information is everywhere. It actually takes some courage and it takes a lot of strength to live in a way where you are, quote unquote, off the grid. Let's talk about that. When we come back here on the show, join us in the tweet back tonight. A lot of conversation happening. We, we want you to be a part of it too with us. You can always check in on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. This conversation will wrap up when we come back on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. We're wrapping things up tonight here on the show, but the conversation will continue on Twitter. Just use the hashtag HNRTB. Of all things, we're encouraging you to go back to social media, and here we are, not blasting it, but looking at taking a real look at how we filter our lives on social media to give people the impression that this is who we are, this is what we're all about, this is what we think. And, uh, and we don't really get us, we don't see a full picture of who people really are on social media. And yet that's where so much of our relationships are. Unfortunately, they're going, you know, we continue to live, you know, two houses down from these people, but the only way I connect with them is on social media. And that's, unfortunately, that's the life we've been building over the last 10 years now. And since Facebook's come out, now you got Instagram and Sarah, you were talking about a moment where you took some time. I don't know how long that was, but uh, you took some time away as a photographer from Instagram. That's a huge deal. What was that like for you that the whole idea of living, quote unquote, off the grid? Well, and, you know, I wasn't off the grid totally. I was still on Facebook, but um, Instagram was where I was noticing my my weak points were. Uh, and it was wonderful. I was away for six months and it was refreshing. Uh, that moment when I deleted my Instagram, it was like it felt like freedom <laughs> for hmm. a bit. And I was able to just refocus myself and uh, why I was on social media. And, you know, I've taken uh, breaks here and there from Facebook as well. And it, it is, you know, you, you do have that little bit of fear of missing out because so much happens on social media. But when you take that step away, even if it's for a day, uh, it it's so like you realize what's around you and uh, you have more face-to-face conversations and it's just kind of a sense of freedom. So I think it's really, I would encourage everybody to do it from time to time, to just take a break from your social media, uh, refocus yourself. And it's not like you have to delete it for forever, but you know, it's just a really good, healthy thing to do from time to time. Did you experience like any kind of withdrawals or any of that associated with it? Or was it just kind of like, it's just not there? Yeah, I mean, with Instagram, I did not have any withdrawals um, until just recently. I was like, you know, I think I'm ready to do this again. Um, it, that wasn't really a withdrawal, but it was just freedom. Mm. I didn't feel any withdrawals when I did it. But actually, the kind of muscle memory of always reaching for your phone <laughs> and checking things, that's still there. Yeah. <laughs> but not actual withdrawals. So yeah. everybody should do it. Yeah, I think going off the grid so easy a caveman could do it. <laughs> I see what you did there, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> well, well, I mean, you want to talk about fear of missing out. We we deal a lot with teenagers, and I've talked with teenagers who are broken because they don't have a relationship with their, their mom because their mom is constantly on Facebook. That mom is missing out on her kid's life. That kid is lifting, missing out on, on having a good, deep relationship with their mom because mom is so focused on, on what's happening in her cyber world that she's missing out what's happening in her real world. You know, uh, teenagers are missing out on real deep, 
true friendships because because we have we have accepted the shallowness social media brings and we've been okay with it. We say this this is okay. We get to stay here and it's okay. We're we're missing out on so much. We're missing out on 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 real true friendships. We're missing out on real true relationships, deep things. Uh you know, off air we were talking and yeah, social media is a great thing. It really is. You can keep up with people who uh, you went to college with. You keep up with family members, people who have moved away. You can still know what's going on in their life and still have some contact with them. But the people who are right next to you, like you said, people living two doors down, we treat them the same way. We hold everybody at arm's distance and instead of having that true, true relationship. And so, yeah, I think that idea of, of taking a break, resting, is is yeah. is such 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 an important thing, and there's many ways you can do it. You know, you don't have to go and delete all of your social media accounts. You don't need to do that. A simple way would just be to turn off the notifications. Yeah, you know, we have become slaves to rings and dings and bells and vibrations. Yeah. They demand our attention right now. Yep. Uh, where if we shut off our notifications, and when we have time to sit down and check out Facebook, check out. Twitter, Instagram, whatever, then you are controlling it. It's not controlling you. We have a lot of unfettered access to information. And what it seems like, Dave, is that we lack guardrails today. And we've talked about this on the show of how, you know, it may not be that these things are necessarily bad, but we don't know how to put limitations on it. We don't even like the word limits these days. It's like, well, no, I need to be unlimited. I want to have unlimited minutes. I want to have unlimited text and data and everything else i want to i want to live that a life that's unlimited and yet that comes with dangers of its own oh yeah you know what you got to realize all your choices are exactly that they're choices so if you want to miss out on social media then you're going to miss out on face-to-face relationships and and you have to choose what you're going to miss out on because you you can't do everything 100 percent and the default easy thing to do is do it on media because you can live behind your mask. You don't have to change anything. Nobody can confront you. You put your best face forward, that kind of stuff, best foot forward. Even in my, in my own office, in my life, in my, my ancient days until now, if you call my office, you're going to get a recording, an answering thing because I don't, I don't answer the phone every time it rings. Because if it does, I'm in the middle of something or I'm, I'm in the middle of talking to somebody and it's rude to do that. I'll go back at a certain time of the day, check my messages and return them and take care of that. But but I'm not going to even allow the phone to stop me from doing the relational things that I'm supposed to be doing. And, and the same with my, my cell phone. I mean, I'll just kick it into, you know, whatever that little moon thing is that says it's not coming across. You know, my kids ask me once in a while, do you even have a phone? <laughs> and I mean, I do. And in the evening, I'll look at it and I'll get back to you. You know, it's not, it's not like I carry it around and make sure that I stop what I'm doing all the time because it gives the impression to the people I'm around that I think I value them less than what's going on there. And, and that's just not true. Yeah. You know, it's so easy to get ourselves tied up and, and looking at other people and thinking, well, I got to be better than them. So I got to add this filter. I got to add this angle. I got to do this. And you know what? Maybe tonight the message is find a way to make it a little bit harder to do that. You know, find a way to unplug from the noise. And a lot of times what you'll find is even though it might be hard to do, you might be thinking, well, oh, what am I missing out on? What am I, what am I going to miss out on now at school or at my job? Because I'm just not, I'm not connected. I'm not on the grid as it were. And the reality is you're going to find, like Sarah said, you're going to find freedom. I know for me, one of the things that I had to do when I started to get into that constantly checking Facebook, constantly checking those is, 
I just had to delete the app. Mm-hmm. I mean, that to me, if I had to go on my mobile browser, it made it harder to get that information. What I would do is, is just make it harder on yourself. I mean, I know we are creatures of habit. You talked about the muscle memory, Sarah, of just, you know, being able to just check it whenever you just, you know, where it's, you could almost be blindfolded and access your phone and, mm-hmm. and find whatever buttons you're looking for and, and the apps. But the reality is if you just take a step and make it harder on yourself, you'll find that that's going to free up some of that memory and to focus on things that do matter. And if you need help with that, go and chat with one of our live coaches right now at hopenet360.com. Use them as an accountability person. Check in with them every day. They would love to just be there as a resource to you to hold you accountable. And that could be just the best way to get a start from. If you don't need a live coach, maybe you've got a friend in real life that you could go to and be accountable with. Do that. We always encourage you to have these kinds of conversations with people that are close to you. You can, like you, like you talked about, Kirk, that, you know, we have real relationships so we can really go to people and to talk to you about these things. So that's all for us here tonight on the show. You can find the show notes, download these and past episodes for free. Subscribe to our podcast at hopenet360.com slash podcast. Our live Twitter chat, the tweet back, is going on 24-7 at HopeNet360.com or by using the hashtag HNRTV. And you can follow HopeNet360 on social media using the at HopeNet radio handle on most social platforms. Visit HopeNet360.com slash connect. Of course, at our website, show notes, our podcast, and our live coaches are available anytime for you. Visit HopeNet360.com. From all of us here on HopeNet Radio, make each conversation count this week. You could save a life. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.